Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. confused because this is not the hottest day but it feels the hottest in here mm. that it's been yeah no it's absolutely it's baking in here it's because it's, morgan's it's absolutely here. baking now i will tell you if you're confused morgan is welsh <laughs> <laughs> what is heat yeah <laughs> this will be the first time you, morgan very much thinks this is a holiday <laughs> in the tropics it's uh, <laughs> the shorts it doesn't get this hot in wales ever does it no it's always windy rainy and depressing but it's not too bad Oh, I'm good, thank you. oh, yes, I'd love that. Yes. You will want... Make that two waters. Morgan <laughs> will want a drink. He's never been in a climate like this. He's never, <laughs> he's never <laughs> So, Morgan Reese, you're from Wales, and yes. you're doing your show here at the Fringe, which is by and large. By and large, yeah. Meaning yeah. bisexual and large. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's great fun. Like, Sam, I'm debuting. So, yeah, it's just a, it's an hour of drugs talking about coming out quite late. Coming out quite late? You've come out quite late in life. Yeah, coming out quite late <laughs> in life. I was like, it's only four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and Sam, your show, yes. Sam Lake. I was so confused because I was ready to call you Sam Cake. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's because your show is called Cake. It, my show is called Cake, Sam Lake Cake. It's just fun to say. It's about, uh, it's about my wedding day. Yes. Hence the cake. That's right, because there is... I don't know if you know this, but at gay weddings, we all eat ass. <laughs> <laughs> and ass is known as cake on the internet, right? Or oh, it's really? about yeah. the real cake, the real cake. God, yeah. I had no idea. That's the first I've heard of it. Yeah, well, I, listen, <laughs> listen, I'm here to inform you about your own innuendos. That's what I'm here to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, where are you from, can I ask? I'm for, yeah, yes, you can. I'll be vulnerable. Um, I'm, originally, <laughs> I, I'm originally from Cornwall. Okay, so also, because I think of the Cornish people as being slightly Celtic. They are slightly Celtic, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't say I'm particularly Cornish sounding. People tend to say I've got quite a posh sounding voice, which I'm fine with. They might say that to you in Cornwall. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a lovely, it's, it's a lovely place to grow up. Um, I haven't been back to where I'm from for quite some time. Because which part it's, of Cornwall is it? It's called Red Ruth, where we have the slogan, you can take the boy out of Red Ruth, but that would violate his probation. <laughs> <laughs> so it tells you all you need to know about Red Ruth, I think. So this is like a very, is it a small coastal place or are you somewhere in a nice valley gorge or something like that? I've been to Cornwall. I'm trying to work out if I've 
maybe I might have fucked your dad or something. <laughs> oh, Nick? Yeah, yeah. sure. No, yeah. <laughs> um, he'd go absolutely mental for you. Um, uh, no, um, it, it's not... <laughs> right, so Red Roof, the, 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 the highlight of it is there is a bronzed statue made of welly boots in the shape of a dog. <laughs> Wait a minute. Don't book your tickets too quickly, guys. <laughs> a bronze um, statue of a Wellington boot. It's made of Wellington boots that have been bronzed, and it is in the shape of a dog. My goodness, there's no bronze in Cornwall anymore, so they need <laughs> to go through the Wellington boot collection. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, it's I'm the sure most Cornish thing I think I've heard. I it's absolutely so, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and which part of Wales are you from, Morgan? I'm from Merthyr Tydfil. I'm from my proper uh, working-class Welsh valleys. In the valleys? Yeah, I'm from we the valleys. We had a Welsh guest on yesterday. Oh, here comes Nathan oh, for the oh, podcast. Oh, it's very nice. Thank you, Dave. They Thank could you. hear the... Uh, the clump, clump of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday we had Kiri Pritchard McLean, who's from North Wales. Yeah, she's North Walian. And I was, I was saying to her that, like, any time I've been to do shows in Cardiff, like, you know, you tease the people when you go to do a show, or I do anyway. You make a bit of fun of the people of Cardiff, and they're really good natured. They have a good laugh back. And the people they make fun of are the people in the valleys. And the people that the people in the valleys make fun of are the people in North Wales. Yeah, that is 100% true. Yeah. <laughs> the valleys is a funny place. I've never been, but one, there's, a, there's a queen called Miss Kitty. Do you know her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss yeah, yeah. Kitty, she's like, oh, I've just come back from doing a gig in the valleys. Oh, it's been outrageous. Yeah, well, that's what... <laughs> yeah. Fucking well done. That was my guess. <laughs> I usually people go a little bit too Indian when they do it, but you absolutely nailed that. I often do. I often do. My <laughs> flatmate's Welsh as well, and she's always telling me like that I have uh, accidentally gone east. <laughs> I try to do that. But uh, yeah, no. Well, if you remember that automatic song, remember the one decades ago that "What's That Coming Over the Hill"? Uh, That's about well, valleys people going down to Cardiff for a night out. Oh, little uh, fun fact. We're scum, scum fact. of the earth. And do you still live there? No. No. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. He's doing all right now. Yes. <laughs> I pay tax. I don't want to bag. Uh, but yeah, sorry, that was so guttural. Uh, yeah, no, I, I live in Bristol now. I sort of, uh, I wanted to see an intact bus shelter. Yes. Yeah. Bristol. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard has a very high student population, so I must go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, only in September, though. Then you've completed it. <laughs> you know, you've completed it. Okay, so you're in Bristol. You're from Cornwall, but where are you based now? I'm just trying to put you in context. I live, I live here in Edinburgh now. <gasps> yes, I do. <laughs> Goodness, an English person living in Edinburgh. Astonishment. <laughs> <laughs> so many English people. So I'm from here, you know. Like, I grew up near, near really? Edinburgh. But I've been in London for 10 years, so yes. it's quite interesting for me to come back. Yeah, well, Edinburgh's not really Scotland, is it? It's North London. We all know that. So. <laughs> it's, it's actually Islington, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I moved here two years, well, two and a half years ago, just as the first lockdown was kicking off. Um, do you remember when everyone was getting the WhatsApp message about the big lasagna in, in Wembley Stadium? <laughs> and people were like, I keep saying, I thought this was such a well-known thing. There was a WhatsApp message being sent around literally every WhatsApp group I was in, and it's a voice note of a man going like, nobody panic about food shortages or anything like that. They're going to turn Wembley Stadium into a lovely big, like, Le Creuseau oven dish, and they're going to bake everyone a big lasagna. Am I having a stroke? (laughs) (laughs) Sam, my WhatsApp messages were just drug dealers telling me I could still get crystal meth. (laughs) (laughs) Which I didn't take them up on, I shall point out. But I did worry about the drug dealers, didn't you? 
Yeah, it was a bit weird. Mine stopped, stopped taking cash. Oh, uh, what card reader? <laughs> yeah, it's it absolutely <laughs> Toilet roll? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, toilet roll. My goodness. Can I, before we carry on, can, can we open the windows? I don't think I'm going to survive. We, they don't open? Oh, wait a minute. So we're actually in the bunker. Locked <laughs> in here. It's like that movie. It fucking isn't. Mm-hmm. It's colder outside than it is in this room. <laughs> well, anyway. You know that video of Madonna where she's like, can we open a window in here? I can't handle mm-hmm. it. No, honestly, you have no idea. That's how I feel right now. And she wasn't even wearing my hair. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen her TikToks? Yeah, she's yeah. nuts. Yeah, they're bonkers. Yeah. What's going th- what do you think's going through her? What's making those? Narcissism. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a grand, grand scale. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was when well, she was just doing the fuck face pout, isn't it? Just down the middle yeah. of it, and that was all it was. Are we allowed to swear? Oh. Are we allowed to say fuck and bugger? Mm. I've said them both now. It's a, we prefer cunt. Oh, sorry. <laughs> can't say bugger. Can't, can't say, say bugger. bugger. No, no, you can <laughs> swear all you like. Uh, we don't get penalised for swearing, do we, on Spotify or anything like that? No, okay. Oh, it's fine. Lovely. Wicked. Yeah, get it out of your system. <laughs> 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 My goodness. You don't have to stand there. <laughs> it's a bit creepy. So for the listeners, of the, I'm going to audio describe this. A large man in stripes <laughs> has just held a fan up to my face. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I hope everyone's okay in the room. If, if, if anyone faints, um, what we'll do is we'll wait till the end of the recording to make sure you're okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I think there's a medical show in before this, so just... Faint for 23 hours, <laughs> and you'll get all, your, all the help you need. <laughs> okay, so Sam, your show is about a cancelled wedding. It is Originally, indeed. It, it, was, um, it was intended for 2020, am I right? Or the wedding was in 2020? The wedding was supposed to be in 2020, yes. Um, and that's also when I wrote the first version of the show. I'd written an entire show about what I thought my wedding was going to be like, and then I was going to go do the wedding and then talk about it the next year. And then I had to cancel the wedding and ended up cancelling the show as well. So when the Fringe was coming back and I didn't know what to do the show about, I decided to write the show about the wedding that I ended up having, which was completely different to what we had booked in. So it was quite chaotic compared to what we had planned, but it was still a lovely day. We had a lovely old time. Okay, so tell us what was... What's the gap between what was planned and what happened? Okay, so <laughs> we had a um, we booked the venue. We were going to get married in Greenbank Gardens, if you know where that is. It's a National Trust site out just outside of Glasgow, and it was going to be lovely. 170, 170 of our closest family and friends. Too many people. Too many people. I asked if we could make it a paid ticketed event, and my husband <laughs> said no. Um, and then so we'd had that, but we'd hired those TPs that people hire you know like that you can attach fairy lights to and stuff and then if it rains you've got like a dance floor and uh, I know it sounds incredibly tacky but I was very excited about it we had like one of those inflatable photo booths you know the inflatable photo booths that you get drunk in you go in as a big group and there's like a a costume box underneath the camera and you put on all of your fun occasionally culturally insensitive like why is Aunt Claire wearing a Rasta hat that's fun (laughs) let's get some happy memories of that Um, and we had like the caterer book the photographer book all of that 
And what we ended up doing was getting married here in Edinburgh at the city chambers, just in the registry office. We had everyone else who was supposed to come watch on Zoom, <laughs> which, were, which was so cute. They got like dressed up and sent us photos and like showed that they were get, like treating it like it was still our big day. And like the, the only thing about having a Zoom wedding is that sometimes people don't know how the tech works. So instead of being able to see the ceremony, that my friend was holding up the camera so everyone could watch. Everyone spent 45 minutes just watching my stepdad, Brian, have a little cry to himself. <laughs> so, yeah, there's other, there's other stuff that happened on the day, but I'll leave that to the, to the, to the show. But it was, it, was a, it was an amazing day, but very chaotic. And now you are divorced. <laughs> are you gonna, still married? That's going to be the next year's show about divorce called Crumbs. You've, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cake and crumbs. It's, that's the way, you know what, you've got to plan your life around these shows. Got to plan in shows. advance. Yes. That's what I think. And Morgan, so you're saying your show's about coming out. Yes. So tell yeah. us what that's been like. Wait, how recently did you come out? Well, I'll be honest, I missed, I, well, in the show I say I came out during the pandemic. I'd come out just a little bit before. I just got into my first same-sex relationship like just a little bit into the pandemic. I was like, you know, I was experimenting before and I was, oh, I was thorough. And, uh, <laughs> the scientific method. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I have a science degree, so I knew what I was doing. And so, so, <laughs> but, so I came out about like, well, like to my parents and all that, about 26, so, so 25, 26 sort of thing. So relatively young in age, late to some for coming out sort of thing, mm. yeah. I came out age four in a ball gown and uh, <laughs> that was it. So, and how was that received? So I, in my mind, I'm imagining the show will be full of capers regarding how this was received and how you sort of... <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, it's all about how the fact that I think I got so fixated on my otherness growing up, I became quite ignorant on others' otherness. And it's I didn't see other people for who they were. And I, have, I come from quite an eccentric family. So e.g. Uh, my uh, auntie is a ghost hunter. And I didn't realise for years <laughs> that that wasn't weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about this earlier, so in the show I do at midday, it's a wine tasting, but one sometimes deviates from the wine and <laughs> <laughs> onto just other subjects. Because, you know, Edinburgh's one of the most haunted cities in the world. You all know this because you live here now, right? All the dungeons and that. I know there's the dungeons, yeah. yeah. But, like, they've quantified this, so, so <laughs> there's, a, there's a building here. It's, like, literally so near here. It's, I can't remember what it's called. But it has the highest volume of recorded haunting incidents or supernatural incidents of any building in the world. And what it is, is there's a place in it where everybody, like thousands of people, have reported feeling that they've been pushed, right? Yeah, no, so that's quite, you know, what could that be? Anyway, when you go there, it literally turns out it's like really uneven ground. <laughs> Guys, I think you're all just tripping up. And, and this is a really cobbly city. So this yeah. must just be the thing. And there's always little alleyways because if you, you get the wind trapped in little swirling, whirling corridors, mm -hmm. all sorts of things. Yeah, no, because my, my auntie makes, she's got a YouTube series, she makes mm. it with her friends, and she goes like, can you, can you see it, can you, like, she'll do the recording, and she goes, can you see that, mm. you see that, you just go, you've got something on the lens. <laughs> That's all it is. And it's the friend, it's the friend, I mean, it's with all due respect, but is the friend with us? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think they are with us on this mortal plane. They Al are, alas. okay, okay, yeah, because... Okay, so you, the friend is, I don't want to say real to imply that the ghosts are not, but they're not. 
<laughs> and wait, that's, so that's an eccentric family indeed. And I know that one of your other family members, hang on a minute. Oh, yes, your nan is 10 years older than you. Yeah. Now, call, now that's not unusual in Scotland. <laughs> but in Wales, that's so... So what, tell us that. What's, oh, what's well, it, she's my stepnan. It's just that my grandfather married a Thai bride when I was a child, and she wasn't that much older than me. So like, obviously, like, remember this all happening? Like, uh, it was all parodied on TV. You know, like, obviously, a really insensitive on Little Britain, like Ting Ting and all that. But there's there's no smoke without fire. It happened in my family. <laughs> so I used to get really offended growing up by people laughing at Ting Ting. Like. Ten years before other people were, by the way. I was so woke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's my nan you're making fun of there. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so I just... I, again, I thought I was weird. But it turns, it turns out a 50-year age gap's fine. Everyone's weird, though, don't you think? Don't you see... The yes. older you get, yeah. the more you're like, none of us are okay. No, and then the people that do portray themselves as normal, I go, you've got something awful. Yeah. <laughs> you've yeah, got yeah, something... Yeah. O- yeah, like the people that seem normal and then they clap when the plane lands. <laughs> <laughs> like some strange people out there. Now, you've both been described in ways I thought were amusing, so I wrote them down. So, Sam Lake, you're described as a semi-camp gay man by yeah. one critic. And I just... Lo- <laughs> semi is doing a lot of work there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> a semi-camp gay... How do you feel about that as a, as a descriptor? It's just I had to put that in the show descriptions because, like, people turn up to the show and they're like, oh, this is an absolute butch king, so, like, I don't get it. Um, It was a little joke. People confuse Sam for a drag king. (laughs) Rarely is a drag queen seen in the wild, a drag king seen in the wild. Do you have drag kings up here much in Edinburgh? There must be a couple. Do you go out booze into the gay places, Sam, or now that you're married, you just sit at home and think about ways you can turn your partner into a punchline? (laughs) No, I've already written a whole show to do that. Um, (laughs) Genuinely, we don't. The the only club I've uh, breached is um, CC Blooms. Yes, the rabbit hole on a Tuesday. Yes. You gotta go. Yes, you gotta go on the 23rd. I think that's the day I'm doing the show there. Because I was like, I'm up, book, book me, I'll come and do a show. And and so I am, but also that's the night we're going to be absolutely shit-faced. No tips. Oh, wow. oh. No tips. You're only allowed one. You're only allowed one on the whole fringe. Well, I am. I'm trying to be good. And and so Morgan, you've been described, and I thought this was funny because I just find it funny when you you have your work and you know what it is to you and you know what it is to the audience because you know you fucking talk to them after the show. But critics come with these weird, funny things. So one described you as an unexpected delight. Yeah. Unexpected. I, Why didn't they expect delight? I have, <laughs> I have, I have no idea. I I, I've, I'm trying to think who that must have been around. Uh, fingers crossed it was a, a, a comedy show. Uh, must have been. Unexpected delight. I think it just, it just must have been a real bigot. I must have just hated Welsh people, I guess. So, oh you my know, God, you're not a London act. And then gone, oh, I didn't realise I could like people outside we, the M25. We had Diane Spencer here last week. Um, who's lovely she's the loveliest woman um and she's doing her show here at edinburgh and she said when she started and she talks she's so polite and she's the loveliest woman and she's just roses and, and yeah. flowers she makes homemade fudge and she gives you fudge and she's so lovely um but her comedy was described when she started out with all the critics were like oh it's really filthy it's her. and she was <laughs> like i just thought i was being funny you know yeah. but, but she feels like because she was a woman that if she made a pussy joke or something, it would be described as filthy. And it's funny mm. the way you can be received differently from what you think of. 
Yeah, no, totally. Like, I've, I've giggled with Dia- Diana. Yeah, she talks about, you know, genitals, but she's not being dirty. She's not filthy. You wouldn't go... Whereas men can spend 10 minutes talking about pre-cum, and they'll be going, oh, my God. They're, <laughs> they're an observational comic, they are. <laughs> pre-cum. Now, there is a subject for a show, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Well, let's not imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so when I started doing the podcast, right, we were doing them in Zoom format because some of the guests were like, like it's quite hard to coordinate a schedule with an MP because they're you know, busy running the country. Or, well, actually, it was all Labour MPs, so not running the country, but <laughs> having a lot to say about it. And, um, <laughs> um, so we did them all via Zoom. So one of the reasons for coming up to the festival was I, knew, I was like, yes, I'm going to get to sit in the room with people and have these conversations in person. But Sam, you actually have a podcast yourself. Oh, I do, yes. And it's called, I've had a rosé. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about our feelings. Yes. <laughs> and uh, are they, and so what's the deal there? Who are you talking to? And do you do it in person? No, we, d- we did it over Zoom. I say we. It was all me. Nobody wanted to make it for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was... Um, I had a... Uh, as I'm sure everyone did, at one point during like lockdown two or four or whatever it was, I had quite a low moment. And because we were all inside our houses, I kept like not talking to people apart from my husband about all of this and I was like maybe I should talk to other people so like every male comedian would instead of just going to therapy I decided I'll just start a podcast (laughs) um, which I do apologize for Um, but the the show is literally I just ask people about how they handle their emotions like I ask them if they're an emotional person what emotion comes to them the most naturally um and it's really interesting it turns out for well for everyone that I interviewed um that ang- uh, it's anger that is the most common emotion everyone goes they go very quick to rage and anger I mean I do anger management I do CBT do you? Yeah. yeah I talk I talk about it a bit in the show yeah I, yeah. I, I I'm I, yeah it's, it's, it's and when did you start the CBT Oh, uh, about 18 months ago. Okay, so as a consequence of, or during lockdown? Yeah, I, I finally just decided to do therapy over Zoom. Are you saying CBT or CBD? Uh, oh, I'm, I'm doing both. They're right, wicked. <laughs> Complimentary. Uh, both. <laughs> but also, you know, so CBT can be cognitive behavioral therapy, but it could also be cock and ball torture. Oh, both be. would shut me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some videos, Morgan. <laughs> I find that very interesting. So you're saying that the majority, Mm. so it's what emotion comes most easily. Is that anger for people? Because anger is almost like a, it's noticed by, it sort of announces itself when it comes through the door, right? So it's a change. You know when somebody is angry. um, But I think... I, I think maybe lots of people wouldn't necessarily think of themselves as angry people. So uh, maybe they would naturally go, oh, if I've had like, if I've been a bit ragey for the last couple of months, then they would go, right, I must be a really angry person because they don't, it's such like a, an emotion that like pops up and it's so noticeable to them, but maybe not to the people around them. They go like, oh, I'm so angry. I'm so angry. Did you not notice how angry I was? <laughs> so angry. Did you, did, so Morgan, I wonder, did you... Uh, do you, is part of the reason why you would go to the CBT that you didn't always recognize that you were angry until after you were angry? No, I always knew I was angry, but I, it, was, it was the spiraling. And it, it would get really bad that I would stress myself out. I've, I know, I, I, 
I know why I was like it is the fact that I think I wasn't brought up with I'm not emotionally literate right. I, I, I have mm. to really journal to find out how I actually feel yes. I don't think as a kid I mm -hmm. was taught that you know the words to how I feel maybe I'm feeling isolated maybe I'm feeling stressed maybe yeah. I'm feeling suffocated all this could all be I hungry <laughs> yeah it could be hungry horny who knows but <laughs> Oh, but essentially, was I went into therapy and just went ah, and she just went. Do you feel this? <laughs> I went. That's that's the one. I've never thought of that word. Uh, and I think it is. It's just that it's easier it's, to be mad than sad, isn't it? And then you just. It's yeah. just the short wiring. And it's a male thing as well because we're yep. not raised to express any emotions. If there was one guest that we that I had on, um, William Stone was a very funny comic, but he was the first male guest um we're really what a trailblazer um <laughs> and he came on and he was all of the um all of the female guests i'd had on they were so easy to go into questions about like emotion they were very happy to talk about it and then william was like talking about stuff for like the first time and then after the podcast he was like oh i've actually not like spoken about a lot of that stuff and I was like oh we don't have to put it out if you don't want he's like no I'm fine with it and I'm glad he said that because he was talking about stuff like walking past playgrounds and getting jealous of the children on the climbing frames who'd started crying because he was jealous that they could just outwardly express emotion like that and sometimes wow. he'd scream at them and go you don't know what it's like and I just <laughs> thought that's lovely that's lovely <laughs> That is an interesting way. I mean, one of the questions I'm asking people here on the Vanity Project at the Fringe is like, are you happiest when you're on stage? I, I think at the start, I thought that was an interesting question. It has turned out that it's not necessarily interesting in the sense that everyone answers with no. And I think that I thought that people would have, have been more likely to sometimes report that that was their most favorite place to be. I think it might mm. be different if I asked musicians, because that's I usually work with musicians doing cabaret shows. Mm -hmm. Um, so I suppose I'll put it to you both, because the part that's interesting is um, what you then have to say about what happiness means and what it means to be on stage. So Morgan, are you happiest when you're on stage? Um, no, I love being on stage, but that's not when I'm happiest. It is well for me. It is. It is music. I uh, every time I think every comedian watches music and go, oh fuck, I wish I did that. Because mm. it, it is like it's so. It, it, I, I I went to a music festival recently for the first time. Well, you know, we get, we're very fortunate. We get booked to do music festivals, yeah. and mm. my favorite part is get, I get this gig out of the way. I can go dance for two days, and you just, yeah. I, I I I love that. Just go up to the tech. I'll go like, what what have you got in that bum bag? Ten quid, and then I just go dancing for three six hours it's wicked mm -hmm. yeah. yeah what about yourself Sam I would say not on the stage in fact during the fringe I'm probably happiest when I'm n no longer required to be on the stage <laughs> um, but I would say maybe it's similar to you I wouldn't necessarily say it's the music thing but well it's just funny that it's happened because we were both there but um, I find like being sociable at the moment is when I'm happiest and just seeing like all of the people on the comedy circuit that I know. Mm -hmm. Like on Wednesday, we ended up going to the Flick, Flick. for a karaoke party until 5 a.m. And I cannot stand karaoke, but even I was in such a good mood that I got up, I sang Shakira whenever or ever. Oh. Just, just before her back catalogue gets taken down because of her tax evasion. So I thought <laughs> I'll give her the tribute whilst I still can. Um, but just being around people, and it was, I don't know if it was the same for you, but I was just really enjoying being around friends and we were all just like getting a bit lit and not thinking about shows, performing, careers, yeah. industry, any of that, no. just celebrating the good time that we're currently having. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So much fun. Mm -hmm. I can't remember, uh, Nathan might remember who it was that was, um, someone was here, oh, it was yesterday, Michelle Shaughnessy, who's doing her show, Be Your Own Daddy. She was 
telling us that she had thought she's just got married. She's a big Canadian comic. Yeah. Mm. And sort of top of her game kind of thing. And then she got married, in, or she is married, but she found during the lockdown that she found that she was quite satisfied with domesticity and hadn't thought to be. And she was like quite spooked by how comfortable she was with mm. just waking up, cooking a meal, having a nice day and all that. And so that kind of put the fear in her. She was like, oh no, I like this too much. You know, you know yeah. how people are scared of, well, they said in the show Succession, the box set death march, you know, where you just start like, <laughs> You just start watching TV until you die. Um, <laughs> and that's what she wanted to avoid. Mm. And it's funny because I think my happiest time is literally like cooking. I like to cook. I'll put some, mm. like, you know, put flute I adore cooking. I'm 100% with glass you. Glass of wine, chat shit to my flatmate, and then friends are coming over. That is the ideal mm. day. And yeah. no part of that includes doing a show, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, lo I love cooking for people. It's my favorite. I, I, I broke up with someone about six months ago, and I used to love cooking for us both. And it took me a little while to cook for a other people and I just went oh no you can cook for just friends mm -hmm. and it's like you don't need another person to give you a license to have a good time yeah. and so, yeah. it's, it, so it was it, I, I love cooking I've been cooking most days here at the what Fringe what do you like to cook Morgan? love a Sunday roast um, yes. obviously with my Nambi in Thai she taught me loads of Thai food but mm. I was I was brought up on Thai food bought like with the ingredients bought from Lidl so, <laughs> so we didn't really get like a kaffir lime leaves. It was flavor. just like lime juice. So now I go to the Asian supermarket because yeah. there wasn't one in. A kaffir lime leaf is, or a curry leaf is like world transforming. It's unbelievable the flavor you get off those. Mm. Yeah, and and I, I, I use my pestle and mortar. I've got a big old bastard one, and I just sit in front of the television like Winnie the Pooh, and I just oh, batter it for a couple of hours. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I've never been in a happier place. So this might be associated with the anger issue, do you think? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, scre I'm a blood-curdling scream throughout. <laughs> How interesting. Mm. Um, so as a funny, so you're both funny people. Um, thanks, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you have my approval. <laughs> <laughs> you may take it out into the world, but don't share it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder if like humor for you guys mm. is uh, born out of a desire to have fun, or do you find that humor can be compulsive? Do you have like a, a sort of reflexive humor? Oh, yeah, reactionary. Like it's yeah. a, a bit of a defense Something mechanism. happens. Mm. <laughs> we must say funny thing. <laughs> yeah. I think so. In an uncomfortable situation, my first thought is to be funny right. and, then, and then normal. Yeah, <laughs> in that order. Yeah, I remember I had one. Yeah, it is awful how much is the default. And the more you sort of do comedy, the more I think you can turn it off and you just go, okay, yeah. you want to say this, but no. I remember there was this guy at work fucking hated him he was just always a sourpuss and then like I just thought I'll give him a chance I remember like a Monday he's, mm. in, he's making a cup of tea and I went oh get up much to this weekend were you in were you out and he said oh I applied for emergency housing and I went oh so out then and I <laughs> And obviously, I just went, oh, I wish we didn't have that fucking default in mm. our brains. I've, I've had the same thing. Um, uh, shout out to my uncle-in-law, Stephen, who recently lost a foot to diabetes. Um, there's, other, there's, there's better things to celebrate him for. But <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this. He, we, it happened to him all quite suddenly. And then there was a big family gathering a couple months after he had to have his, um, the bottom half of his leg amputated. And we like rented an Airbnb for a family get together, um, and nobody knew what to say around him, and it was all quite awkward. 
And then I saw him for the first time with his like new prosthetic leg. And I just said, you look like you've lost weight. And then everyone, <laughs> and then everyone who watched to see how Uncle Stephen would react, he went, <laughs> okay then. And then everyone was much calmer after that. Yeah. It's like, okay, we can talk about it now. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, it's almost a magical thing, I think, when that sudden diffusing, you know, you can change the whole electricity yes. in a room from that. Miriam yeah. Margulies said, who of course we love, Miriam mm. Margulies said that one of the reasons why she likes, as an old woman, being quite um, abrupt or quite shocking is that in, in the instant that you've shocked someone, they haven't a time to prepare. They didn't expect you were going to say that. So it might be that she says, oh, I just had a great big shit or something. Yeah. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. the sort of thing she'll do. And in the moment while they're trying to pull themselves back together, you see who they are, mm. you know? And it's like, oh. And, if, and so you'll often see, like, is somebody ready to laugh at something? Is, is somebody open to laughing at something? And you, then you kind of know how you're going to move forward with mm. that dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, th- I mean, I think that's something that happens all the time in my work because people are being invited to play along with a persona. Mm. Some people don't want to play along. It's unusual someone pays to come to a show and doesn't want to play along, but it sometimes happen, or it happens out in the world. Um, for comedians, I imagine that the role of the persona is there, but it's not the same, because you're not something or someone else, are you, Morgan? Or do you feel mm. like you are a different person on stage? And, um, I think I'm just me, but 11. You know, it's, you know, it, it's comedy show, so put comedy, and also it's a show. Yeah. I, I think there's some people who just go, oh, I'm just, just going to walk up and pretend I'm a man at a pub. You just go, well, that's not what they paid for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to add show as well as comedy. Yeah. So it's, uh, uh, but yeah, so, no, so yeah, some of the, all the, you know, attitudes and opinions are exaggerated, but it's just me, 11. Yeah. Is there something you do, like, do you have a, a sort of line down from offstage self to onstage self? Like, would it be that you always wear a certain thing? Is there, or is there we- something you wear or something you do that makes you feel like, now I'm ready to go on stage? Or could you just walk up anytime? Um, I could walk up anytime, you? Um, I don't know. You, do you mean like when people, if somebody, like Some if a taxi... Some people would wear dr- like, you know, nice, you know, so you guys are both the trainers. Some people might wear shoes like they were going for a job interview because they feel stagey then. Mm. Or maybe they wear a, 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 a necklace or a bracelet or something that just changes the way they I feel. I see what you mean. No, I kind of just wear whatever. I just sort of always go for this sort of maritime Harry Potter kind of aesthetic. <laughs> um no, yeah, no, I, I'm the same then. Yeah, I can, yeah. I, I, the clothes don't. I think if you're doing something maybe more character-led, then yeah. like then you want like something that gets you yeah. into it. Yeah, well, well, it depends as well for me. If it's a new material gig, yeah, like shorts as I'm wearing now and, 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 a, and a top. If I'm doing like my show or a club show mm. or tour support, so I wear overalls on stage. I wear jumps, I wear women's jumpsuits because they cinch at the waist, they're wicked. Uh, <laughs> well, there we go, though. Yeah. See, a look is a, a look is part of it. But you would probably yeah. you would possibly wear that anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it would just be like, oh yeah. So I, like, I wear jumpsuits out all the time and stuff. All that I wear for the show at the moment, I wear like high waisted trousers and uh, a, a mesh top, and I'm getting like my hair dyed next week and all that sort of stuff. Oh. And sometimes I wear nail varnish and all mm. that. So when I like to put on the Morgan Reese show, I, yeah, I go a little bit extra. But other than that. Mm. I think somewhere in my mind, the reason I find this question like interesting to me is that it's fucking hard doing my makeup at nine in the morning for the midday show every fucking day <laughs> at the Fringe. And somewhere in my head, I'm like, wouldn't it be great? <laughs> 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 wouldn't 
it just be great if I could just come as I am, <laughs> completely <laughs> naked or in pajamas or something? Mm. <laughs> but you know, of course. So like, we have to like sometimes when we go on, we have to persuade people to have a good time, or some, yeah, or to, that yeah. we're going to have comedy. But everyone that goes, I beg my pardon, do the people that go to cabaret are they just already off the off invested? Yeah. Mm. I, oh, absolutely. I think it, it's funny, though, isn't it? When you have to convince a person to have a good time, you know, because so, it happens. Yeah. Sometimes so there's a demographic that you might expect emerges at my shows, which is 75% female, typically. Right. Not in the gay bars, then it's, it's more gay male. But, you know, um, yeah, the Glendinnings, you've come to the show in London, and you know that on a Saturday, the show in London, it's, a, it's, uh, it's mostly women, and there are some men who have been brought by the wives and girlfriends. Right. <laughs> now, they're not all like Mr. Glendinning, who always has a lovely time. But there are some, <laughs> some, some, uh, some guys who like are, they, they begin so suspicious. They just don't believe <laughs> that they're going to enjoy this show. <laughs> and they always do. It's so funny. Like, yeah, I think just yeah. need... I think at the fringe as well, like, you know, I've seen you flying in the street. I've yeah. had to fly people. Like, there's an... It's it sort of like magnified a bit because even in co normal comedy clubs like some people just turn up giving it a go and then they quickly work out oh I actually hate comedy I don't know why I'm here like, I did a gig <laughs> yeah. in Portsmouth where on the way in it was like predominantly to like an older crowd which is fine but there was one lady I overheard on the way into the club who was like I actually don't like comedy, but my Sky Plus box is broken, so I've got nothing else to do. <laughs> so she just came along and had a miserable time. Um, so it, it, some people, I guess some people can be turned, and then some people cannot. Yeah. <laughs> I always think, you know, that life, it's not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've got our little audience in today. I wonder if anyone has any questions for the boys themselves, because I always forget to tell you at the start, if you have any questions, have a think, and then you can ask. So raise your hand if you do want to ask a question, and we can fire it in. Rodney, it's unlikely <laughs> to remain silent at a time like this. <laughs> Rodney has come all the way from Australia. Uh -huh. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. And uh, he always comes to the Fringe every year, and you came to the talk show the other day. That's right, we've got different people. I'm so glad to have two gays. Not, uh, not that the other guests haven't been lovely, but it's just <laughs> nice to have the gays. It's nice that. Did you like wine, boys? Wine? Wine. Yeah. Wine, yes. You've got a podcast about wine. Literally, what I name my podcast after. You must come. Yes, you like rose. I mm. host a wine tasting. It's called Drag Queen Wine Tasting. Mm. It's very amusing. It's every day. And tomorrow, because you know we all have Monday off, there are no shows on Monday. Or you're not doing shows on Monday. My day off is on Tuesday, weirdly. Mm, that is weird. I'm d it's my only way to get audiences in is, is if every other show is a fringe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to recommend you must come to, if you can't come to the wine tasting in the daytime, I think it might be full, but we're doing one at 7pm tomorrow and then we're going out drinking and dancing. <gasps> I'll cut my show short. You I'll do that. <laughs> it starts at 5 to 7. But yes. <laughs> now that is right. I must make sure that everyone is fully aware. So your show... Seven, that's no, I, I was laughing. I was, I was joking. I was going to say, I was, I was, I was going to cut Your show starts at five past six. Yes. Yeah, it does. Now, your show is by and large at five past six every day. That's Morgan Reese. And Sam Lake's show is cake. It's at 9.50 p.m. So if you're enthusiastic to see them both, you could see them both on the same night and you would have time in the middle to do whatever else you wanted. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. There's so many shows. I keep, get, I keep meaning to go and see a show, and then, like, I went to see Sam Morrison last night, but I was also going to go and see a couple of others. And then after one, I was like, actually, I'm so tired. 
How are you guys finding? Are you seeing other shows while you're here? I have literally seen one. Okay. No, I just saw one today. Oh, that's <laughs> um, that shows you how memorable it was. Um, I saw. Um, I, I mostly just go see like friends' shows yeah. to show support. It keeps but, you busy. But also, we all understand if you're doing your own show, it's, busy. it's so tiring. So if you can make it, but like, I don't think we go particularly like hard on each other. Like, don't worry if you can't come. But yeah. Yeah, I always like. I, I've been trying to see like one show a day or something, but I've always been trying to. I'm trying to see people that, like, we're really fortunate that we see each other on the circuit, and there's mm. loads of people here I see on the circuit. But there's not a lot of like. There's some acts that only sort of do festivals. Yeah. And this, I, I like. I, E.g., I went to go and see Anna Man the other day, and it's oh, the best yeah. show I've seen so far. But I'm not going to see Anna Man at Cardiff Glee, but I will see them at the festival, mm -hmm. and so I'm trying to uh, exploit that for as much as possible. Mm. Do you guys feel like your work is work? Are you quite conscious of... Some people feel like when they're working in performance that they've scammed the universe. They've managed to get away without doing any work because they if, love it so much. If it is a scam of the universe, I have not done it properly because I very much still have a day job. <laughs> right. We both do. We're both yeah, working we would, while we're up at the fringe. Yeah. Busy, busy. Oh, my goodness. I'm mm -hmm. now... If there's a whole other line of questioning, but we are coming to the end of our conversation. I can learn about your work, both of you in the sex industry, afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I'm really glad that you guys have come to have the conversation with me today here at The Vanity Project. Thank you to our live audience, but also thank you to the listeners at home who... I am duty-bound to remind must share and, what's it, subscribe and share and also <laughs> tell, your, <laughs> tell your friends and remember to, yeah, all that shit. Anyway, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon and thank you to my guests. Thank you. Thank you. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.